0: playoffs of the Great Awakening. And it means that we have to get fit physically, mentally, and spiritually. We have to be strong. We have to stand up and not cower. Any force that tries to defy what God is doing. We are in this 21 days of fasting and prayer. Food looks very inviting. And fasting, as I understand it, is not to stop working out. But it is to stop eating food, abstaining for food from food for spiritual purposes. This is day 15, and we believe that God wants to do a work that is in us and work then through us. I started this series a few weeks ago uh, on shelf life of taking down from the shelf Things that are able to give us life and to transform us spiritually. Today I want to talk about uh, taking down the book of all books, the Bible, and learn what God has for us. I'd like you to turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter four, and how many kind of like brought a like Bible that you can see? Would you hold it up? Okay, a couple. Uh, how many uh, brought your smartphone and that's your Bible today? Uh, just wave those and wave it if somebody has a Bible next to you. Anyway, we're on Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll begin reading with verse number 11. Let us therefore be diligent. anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Verse 12 and 13, let's read out loud, if you would. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him, to whom, in this chapter the writer has been talking about rest, of entering into the rest that we have in the segment there, he kind of then leads in to what the Bible says here. He says, for the word of God is living and powerful. In the Greek, it is interesting that this word zon, z-o-n, actually means, it means actively alive or constantly alive. And then he uses this Greek word that is very interesting for this word powerful and it's engerges, which actually means energy. And energy that is better than Red Bull another one, monster, which are unsafe, but this is actually safe, and you get to live. And the Bible says the Word of God is living, alive, and that the Word of God is powerful, or it actually is able to emit to us energy that a comparison to a sword, and there are two words that you can write down, and the key words here are piercing, say that with me, piercing, and the other word has to do with discerning. I used to think it was a matter of sort of dividing this way, and this Greek scholar, Weiss, says it is about the piercing through our entire being with a sharp force and it is the Word of God that is piercing into our total being. And then the Bible says that it is, has the purpose of discerning, discerning, and notice that it is discerning what we all cannot see We can see our physical bodies, you can see me, I see you, but the Bible says that every one of us, we have a heart, it's the spirit part of our being, and he says as the piercing comes, there is a spiritual discerning or a spiritual heavenly MRI that we are able to see exactly what is in our heart. Now, we know that Jeremiah, in chapter 17, verse 9, says that our hearts are deceitful and they are uh, wicked without Jesus Christ, and so we need the Lord to come and to begin to work inside of us so that whatever's inside that is not in concert with what God wants to do in our lives that somehow we're able to begin to get rid of those things and our objective is that all of us would walk around not only with a clean house or a clean car but we walk around and we have are right, we are doing what is right, we are living the way God wants us to live, and sometimes you, we don't know what is in our hearts, but if you listen to what a person says, and you begin to think about what you're thinking about, my thoughts are some indication in what I say as to what is happening in my heart. And the enemy wants to constantly take us, and, and suddenly the enemy quietly, surreptitiously, think of another word here, like a clandestine operation of the CIA and come in and begin to plant doubt inside of our hearts so we're actually walking around, maybe going through the motions, but deep inside of us, we have allowed doubt and unbelief to saturate our souls. But the Bible says, That when we allow the piercing, when we allow the discerning to cut through, what happens is these things are cut away and then the Bible says we begin to grow in faith, praise God, we begin to grow in faith. And the Bible says in Hebrew, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes. So as I'm reading, as you're reading, as you're here today, and the word of God is being spoken, what is happening is the word of God brings, it brings to us faith. Because we're not listening only with our audible ear, we are listening with the Ear of our hearts, and as we as we listen, as we listen and as we hear, and as we begin to clear out the doubt and the unbelief, the Bible says that that the word of God, we're growing in faith. Faith is emitted, and now we look different, our attitude is different. We go from being in intermittent defeat to declaring that I walk in victory, I am standing in confidence, I am an overcomer, no one of the enemy can defeat me because I'm seated together with Christ in heavenly places and the enemy is defeated in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't, have, I don't have the answers of why certain things happen. There are times you prayed for something, it did not happen. There's a circumstance that took a turn. And I find you have two thoughts. And two ways to look at that. I'm serving the Lord. There's a lot of mystery in this, a lot of things we don't understand, but we're still going to stand. And I'm not going to say, well, why did God do this? And I don't understand why he did this. I just have to say, God, I don't know what the enemy did here, I don't know what happened. But I'm going to keep reading my Bible and praying. I'm going to keep knocking down mountains. I'm going to keep overcoming in my life. I'm not going to get into the doubt. There are people that something happens and they immediately turn back because why did God do that? Well, get your book when you get to heaven. I'm going to ask them all the questions. Right now, we're in the playoffs. So let's keep fighting. Let's keep fighting. amazing in Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, the Bible says that Jesus could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Jesus said to his disciples one day, he said, said, I tell you the truth, Mark 11, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe that it will happen and have no doubt in your heart, you can ask for any, anything in prayer, you can pray for anything, and the Bible says that if you believe, the Bible says it will happen. Faith has to do with my believing now in the present tense that what I'm facing in the future will happen. And everyone in this room has a book of miracles and healings and deliverances, the biggest of which we came to Christ, and he delivered us from ourself and evil, and so we know he is real. I believe personally everybody's called to be a world changer. I believe that during this prayer and fasting that we're going to conquer demonic forces and take out the enemy in our life and put him in his place. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, simply says that faith is the confidence that we have of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance of the things we cannot see. I've been, I've been talking about revival since the Rock House days. I've been talking about a move of God And I have been seeing great things, but I I believe heaven sees more things than we see. And the more we begin to get a glimpse of what he sees, and we begin in our small groups and in our huddles that we're with people, and we just say outlandish things. Like you're sick and you actually say, by faith. Not, I'm going to be healed. Remember your tense. What you have to get is in the present tense. Because it says, what you pray for, if you believe now, it will happen. In this great awakening, we are going to see things happen in our lives personally. Your kids that are rebels are going to come back home. Your kids that have all kinds, of problems are going to change. We're going to see miraculous things happen. We're going to see prostitutes come to Christ. We're going to see gang members. We're going to see drug dealers. We're going to see the arrogant business people that think they're great come to Jesus and bow their knee. We're going to see an avalanche of miracles and signs and wonders. We're going to see people that are habitually depressed, and it runs in your family. And there's such a thing as clinical depression, I understand that, but that's not beyond the reach of Jesus. And I'm believing in every service. There are healings. There are deliverances that begin to happen because we are believing And we are speaking those things. For the word of God is living and powerful. I wonder if we would listen. He might tell us of some secret things going on. Secret sins. Like gossiping about people all the time. Well, look at her. She'd clean it out like always talking negative, come out of whatever you're in and your mouth is full of everything negative, this didn't happen, that didn't happen, he didn't do this and that, why don't you wash your heart with the word of God and you begin to see what you have and what didn't happen, you leave to God and we begin to walk and talk as though we are believers. That's what we are called. We're not called non-believers, we're called believers. And we call things. You start calling your kids what they're not. You don't call them what they are when they're wayward. You don't let that come out of your mouth because they'll remember that. You declare over them that they are a son or a daughter of God. God has great things for the life. You say what you do not see. And our problem is we're always talking about what we see with our eyes. Faith has nothing to do with this building, okay? I don't need faith for this building. There was a day there was only land here. And we had to go around and say, one of these days we're going to have a building. One of these days it's going to happen, right, Pastor Dave? One of these days it's going to happen. No, we said... By God's grace, we have land. And we said it, and we kept saying it, and we kept saying it. Like I'm saying the mo- today, we're going to pay off the note on this building. I believe personally that there is coming a day very soon that every single person in our church is a faithful, generous giver to God, and God is first in their finances, and every single person is walking by faith. It's not logical, you shouldn't do it, but God said it in the book and you say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to take a step and I'm going to see what God, sometimes you have to jump off the building at 100 stories and see what's going to happen because I have found every time I jump off the building of faith, God catches me. Every time I take a risk and I say something ridiculous and I get home at night and I think, what did I say? But I hope I say things that are unreasonable because we have a God who created the earth. I don't know what the atmosphere is in your house. Not the temperature. What's the atmosphere in your home? When somebody walks in your your house, what do they feel? Do they feel depression? Do they feel negativity? Walk around your house. Cast the devil out of your house. That's what my mom did. She'd look at us kids, six of us, and say, I didn't bring a child into the world to go to hell, and ouch, you're not going to be the first one. i say, yes, ma'am. And maybe some of us, during this fasting, need to repent. And maybe you need to go to the people in your house. You're a student, and the way you talk to your mom or dad is wrong, and all of a sudden the word pierces you like this morning, and you literally go to lunch today and say, Mom, I talked to you terrible. Will you forgive me? talking about this negative thing, must be somebody, if you're negative, stand, no. (laughs) What we have to have is pure heart. And Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says, blessed, the word there in the Greek is happy, blessed are the pure in heart For they shall see God. And if you study see God, it actually is saying you will have a greater intimacy with God than you can ever imagine. And everybody wants to be close to God. Oh, I want to be close to God. Wait a minute. (laughs) You can't be close to God in the ultimate way until you clean your heart out and start repenting. And maybe that's what we need. In some of our small groups, somebody just say, I treated my husband terrible yesterday. I can't believe what I said to my wife. My, it's quiet in the room. <laughs> Maybe you'd feel closer to your husband or wife if you stop talking down to them and being so abrasive. Great Awakening, this week during fasting and prayer, we're learning what God wants to do in pouring out this heart that is pure. I never connected verse 12 to 13. I just saw it. And he said, listen, I know everything. So you're getting pierced and discerning. Don't try to bluff me. Because he says here in verse 13, no creature, you and me, is hidden from his sight. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom, praise God, we must give account. So he says, don't slough off your stuff. not about self-efforts, it's about the power of the Holy Spirit. I was amazed at what happened here on Wednesday night. We had made a decision to have this uh, rally for the upcoming send that will happen in the Camping World Stadium on February the 23rd. Jonathan had talked with Lou Engel's group and all these leaders from around the world, and we decided that they would set up their headquarters here on our campus. They asked us if we would have this rally on Wednesday night. At 4.30, I was in my study, and I heard a lot of noise, and I looked out the window Around 6.30, the building here was packed and there were 800 in the other next gen center in the lobby. There were twenty nine hundred online. And as Francis Chan spoke, William McDowell led in worship his team and other speakers. It was just like it was like a rumble. I don't know. Was there anybody there? I felt like this was a prelude to what God wants to do in our city and I believe in our church. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this is going to happen very quickly. That we're going to have house fires and small groups by the hundreds all over the city where people are coming together. And they are opening their Bibles talking about the Lord and what he wants to do and praying together, that as we are coming together, as we are fasting and we're asking God and having these noon prayer meetings Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as we're calling. the altar call the people came got ready to do the prayer and the Lord said hold it hold it and we fell in the we felt the presence of the Lord take over in a powerful way I felt like I could thousand that have registered. You can go and register the send uh, dot org and you can volunteer and we come together we'll see Hillsong Bethel, Jesus Culture Ted White will be there and many of the leaders Lou Engel, Daniel a rumbling in the spirit. And what what the send is for is for us to have an ignition of evangelism. Lou Engel calls it to loose the spirit of evangelism. Because most believers are not actively talking about Jesus. Find it easy to talk about our football Find it easy to talk about some food, easy to talk about what's happening on social media and liking somebody's picture and liking a text and liking this. But somehow the enemy tries to silence us from literally talking about what he said is true, that there's going to be a spirit of evangelism where we're going to see, and I believe that we're going to see literally thousands of people come to Jesus because we have had the Lord change our hearts, revolutionize us, take us where we have never been to experience something new and something wonderful because there's coming a wave of the Spirit that when the Word and the Spirit are together, there is an avalanche of power. And the Bible says in Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There's going to be something that happens on every continent of the earth. There's going to be a rumbling in the spirit where people are gonna be saved in restaurants, they're gonna be saved in the gym, they're gonna be saved wherever they are because the evil one is trying to keep us silent and keep us as a holy huddle and he's gonna call us out and we're going to be vibrantly alive and we're gonna see people not as they are, but we're gonna see the worst person and we're gonna believe that person can come to Christ. That person can know Jesus Christ. And we believe that great things are going to happen because, ladies and gentlemen, the Super Bowl is coming, and we are going to be face-to-face with Jesus, and every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord, and I don't know how long we have. We may have... A week, We have, may have a month. We may have a year, but I no one knows when Christ is coming back. But I do know that we have a city of, of literally 2 million people, and a lot of them know nothing about Jesus. And if I am silent at the gym, if, I'm, if you're silent at school, then when you stand before the Lord, rather than seeing all the people that you've influenced, stand there and say why didn't i don't know what you'll think but i think we should have a lot of people lined up and jesus says hey well done you good and faithful person jimmy and then he says look at all these people wrapping around the building you talk to about jesus that's a great awakening right there believe right here in this this room that we're going to have healings like we have never had before, (laughs) that things that cannot seem to go away, they will go away, things that you've been praying for. It's interesting how God can work in miraculous ways more than we ever can imagine. some of the miracles that have take, taken place here in our church. We have a family, Dorothy, who was diagnosed in 2016. She went into the doctor, and the doctor said, your kidneys are not functioning. If you don't, we don't do something now, you're going to die, and took them in. the doctor said, you'll have to go to dialysis the rest of your life she went, she and Roosevelt started to pray, God heal me, God heal me, God heal me. Sometimes it goes longer than we think. She was on dialysis in 17. And she reminded me, she said, you came up to me one morning and you said you were Take communion every time you're here, take communion, seven taking communion, realizing that Christ has provided my healing. Wednesday, she went to the doctor, and the doctor was astounded. He said, "Your kidneys are perfect." said, I've never, in all my years, I've never seen that, that happened. Where are you, Dorothy? Are you here? Stand up, all the way back there. And I believe there are people that are watching, you're going to be healed from your kidney problem in the name of Jesus. And I declare arthritis is leaving in the name of Jesus. And there are people that cannot walk. You're going to walk in the name of Jesus. And I speak against Parkinson's disease and MS in the name of Jesus. And some are here. Your mind is not working right. You can't remember. And I speak to your brain in the name of Jesus that the cells in your brain are going to begin to work and you'll know who I am, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 signs and wonders, signs and wonders. I'm believing that I'll be preaching and somebody's gonna get out a wheelchair and they're gonna run down this aisle. I believe blinded eyes are gonna open. I believe that diseases of cancer that you're going to go to the doctor and he's going to take some stage four cancers and you're going to walk in there, he's going to say, I don't know what happened. I think my MRI machine is working but we don't, we don't find any cancer. Let's take another test. Isn't that, isn't that what this whole book is about? Faith, speaking it. And in your small group, and I'm believing everybody's going to be in a small group, and that you're gathering around, and we don't put up with this sickness anymore. I personally, every day almost, I say, I walk in divine health. And some people are planning to get sick. I'm planning on more energy and to be health, healthy. I'm believing for a sound mind where your mind gets your mind gets better you can remember more things I want to remember. I want to have a thousand verses in my heart and mind. I want to be able to rip those boys off and just save them because you're walking in faith. I don't want to be natural or normal. I don't want people to cower me down or cower you down to what you can't be. I'm declaring over you today: you are not dec- you are not to be normal. You're not to be ordinary. You are a child of God, and you ought to go around. T- you ought to go around if you have two hands, or if you have one hand, or you have one finger. You need to go around, and you need to begin to pray for people, and you need to take on leukemia. I rebuke leukemia in the name of Jesus. I command it to stop in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm declaring a church that's healthy, and you're eating right. Because a lot of the things we do make us sick. And I, don't, I believe we need to do everything we can do. And you need to go to the gym. You need to be walking. You need to be working out. You, you're sedentary. You're walking around like, get out. Get out to the gym. Get your body in shape. Start eating right. Exercise. Listen, there are certain things that I can do. And there are certain things God's going to do. Well, hallelujah, body, soul, spirit, healthy, you walk in a room, you've got energy, you know your name, and you are expecting in faith the rest of your life to be healthy, in Jesus' name. I declare health over this congregation, I declare health over this congregation. I come against the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. I declare you're not sick. I declare you are not depressed. We are not putting up with these things. When we come into the power of the Holy Spirit and this word of God, we confront the gates of hell. We are to take dominion. We're not negotiating. We're not giving in. We're not giving up. We are coming against the devil in the name of Jesus. And I want us to stand up. No one move. Everybody stand up. Keep the lights on for a minute. Keep the lights up. Put them, turn them back up. Don't turn them off today. Put them where they were. In Jesus' name. Put them. They're not right. Put, put them up some more. Everybody look at me. Look at me. What we're talking about this morning is not easy. What we're talking about this morning, the Bible calls the fight of faith. You know why it's called the fight of faith? Cause you have to fight. You just don't say well, well, well. No, you got to fight. And some of you this morning, you stopped fighting. You have conceded territory. Why is it? What are you, are you too young or too old? You're giving up. You're giving up. That's why you're you're so bored with life. You're sitting there. You gave up. You gave in. Why'd you give in? Yes, you had a divorce. Yes your husband ran off, or whatever. Yes, your child died. Yes, this happened. Yes, my wife died. But you know what? I'm not stopping no matter what happens. You gotta fight, you gotta fight. Say it, you gotta fight. Say it, you have to fight. Wait a minute. I want you to repeat this. You got to fight. fight. That's not. That doesn't sound like a fight. Think about how you're correcting your child after the 12th time. Get that fight in you, okay? Say it. You got to fight. fight. Say it louder. Say it again. In Jesus, in Jesus' name. Now listen to me this morning. I'm giving you a charge from heaven. I'm giving you a charge. These students over here. Don't you give up no matter what you're facing. What's happened to you? You're world changers. You're not We don't have any normal kids in this church. You get out and take the campuses. In Jesus name. Give us Give us some more light up here. I want more light up here. I want the lights brighter, as bright, bright as they can be. Territory. You have conceded territory. We're gonna fight. I fought for my family. I'm fighting for this church. I woke up this morning at two thirty praying for people in this church. You know why? They're not gonna be sick under my watch. I'm gonna fight for you. 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 I want every I want every man, I want every man in this room just to lift your hand. Every man. Some of you have families. That's too bright. Turn put it down a little bit. You men Don't ask your wife if you're going to church. What you say is, I'm going to church. I hope you can go with me. You lead. My wife and I were in the front room last night before we go to bed. Fireplace is on. We're praying together. She's praying over me. I'm praying over her. Praying for people. We're praying together. That's why we got married, to pray together, to be stronger we got to get rid of these these passive men. I don't care if you had no father. I don't care what the history said. You get up, get around, a fighter. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke the devil. What are you going to do? Do something. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to shout. person, no person can ever believe they've gone beyond the grasp of the love of Jesus. You may think in your mind, look what I did, how did I end up down here? And religion is like pointing the finger, and Jesus, what he's doing is he's saying, look at the cross, I died for you. I already pardon you. You can't you can't earn forgiveness. Forgiveness came from the cross. And it didn't come from a system. It came from a person, Jesus. The Son of God dying on the cross. It really happened. And on the cross he was taking our sin. He's taking our sickness. And he was saying to every person, I have not given up on you, I will give you a chance. However, you have to ask, because he will never make someone make that, that decision. He will never make a person receive him. But when a hand goes up and it says, I need, I need you, Jesus. I need forgiveness. I can tell you what we feel in here is the love of Jesus. And he's calling to the hopeless. The nine that were baptized in water have just come out. They raised their hand, they said, Jesus, take me, my heart, give me a purpose because you're not here without a reason. condemnation and shame and guilt. It's what the devil does to us to hold us in his grip. But when we say, Jesus, my name is Bob. My name is Barb. Jesus, my name is Shirley. Could you do that for me? With a smile on his face, he says, Shirley, come on. Bob, Margaret, and then we experience the magnificent grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he lays on his, us his gift of forgiveness. Some are here, somehow you're, you're disconnected. You once knew him, but you've been in a drift. You need to come back and say, Jesus, Jesus. The moment, we're going to count to three. If that's you, you need forgiveness. All you have to do is say, pray for me, and throw up a hand. Pray for me. And I can tell you the Holy Spirit is here. And he's always working. You do it. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Drop a hand. You need Jesus. Put it up. All over the building. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Yes, yes. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. In the balcony. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Say yes to Jesus. I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask everyone in the room to raise your hand, walk down the aisle, stand here for a couple minutes. My wife Judy is going to come over, give you a hug. Come, 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 all over the building, walk down the aisle, walk down the aisle. Walk down the aisle, come. That's it, come down, yes. Bring your friends. Jesus is calling. that have come, look up a moment. Look up, look up. We're not, not here to talk about your the bad things. So our only hope that I have and we have is Jesus. Today, it's about opening your heart and giving your life to Jesus. I did that when I was very young. I never had one day where I said I shouldn't have done that. Religion is more on you better shape up your behavior. Christ doesn't begin there, He starts with your heart. We begin to put our faith in Jesus. There's nothing you haven't done that He won't forgive. We have hundreds that are watching online and the name Margaret keeps coming to me. Margaret, God loves you, Margaret. 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 We're gonna pray this prayer didn't come today, pray it where you are. And sometimes you just can whisper it. Sometimes it's soft. Christ will make you, the Bible says, this book says, he makes us a new creation and old things are passed away. Things become new. This is about the new you. Pray this prayer. I'm going to ask all the the family here to say it as loud as you can just to encourage these that come. Jesus, Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin sin. on the cross. cross. I confess and believe that that God raised Jesus Jesus from the dead dead. and he's alive. alive. I turn from my sin. I I repent of my sin. I abandon my life life to to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you are in the family and forgiven. Come on. Go with Pastor.